Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. My name is Brandon Still, and I am your host. We're coming at you today with a special weekend edition, and we're talking to a new friend of mine named Jordan Williams. Jordan is the owner of a company called WEC Nashville, which inside of WEC Nashville hosts Neat Mixology. And this is a company that he has come up with throughout the pandemic. And it's one of those things, I tell the story at the beginning of the episode, but it's one of these companies that I learned about and I hired him immediately. And I said, I got to work with you. And he said, I want to work with you. So it worked out really well. But I wanted to share what he's doing with all you people out there with the the crisis we're having right now with workers and the shortage of workers, he is uh, he's found a unique solution when it comes to your bar, when it comes to how you manage your bar and what you do. He's found a way to significantly reduce the time it's going to take for you to be there. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. Uh, this is the first episode with my new co-host, Jen Ichikawa, and I'm super excited to share this with you. And uh, we've got a really big weekend this weekend, Sunday night. We are doing Brandon's Book Club at seven o'clock. There's a Zoom link in the group Brandon's Book Club on Facebook. You can join. I'd love to hear your opinion, what you learned when you read The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. So that Zoom call will be live from seven o'clock to eight o'clock. Love to have you. And then at nine o'clock, join um, Jessica Benefield, her husband Trey. And then we're also going to have Brian and Mikey from uh, The Mockingbird, Jess Country, obviously from 210 Jack. And uh, they're going to be joining us. We're going to be talking shift from 9 to 11 live on the Nashville Restaurant Radio Facebook page. We'll be on our YouTube page as well. But the link is in the Talking Shift group. In Facebook, there's a group called Talking Shift. We want to start the conversation. Love to have you there. We're going to be telling stories. This is Restaurant Stories. Battle stories, uh, or if you want to ask for advice on anything, you're going to have two restaurant owners and a restaurant (laughs) consultant ready to talk. So go make your favorite cocktail, sit back, relax, and hopefully this is something that's going to be fun and funny and enjoyable, and uh, we're just excited to bring it to you. We're going to bring you this episode with Jordan Williams right now, but first we're going to say, I just want to tell you about Sharpier's Bakery. They're a new sponsor, and they are celebrating 35 years of delivering fresh baked bread and desserts to your restaurant six days a week Uh, with over 130 different types of bread. They're way more than just dinner rolls and burger buns. Did you know you can actually make custom bread there? If you, you want your own custom bread with your recipe, they can make that for you and they will deliver it to you. You got you got to have fresh bread. It's just one of those things that it makes a difference, and they're doing it the right way. Call Erin Moso. Uh, she is at 615-356-0822, or you can visit them on the web at www.sharpies.com. That's C-H-A-R-P-I-E-R-S dot com. 
If you want to learn more, they've got pictures. Their website's actually very, very cool. That's Sharpier's Bakery. So just another quick thing to tell you guys, we would love it if what, however you're listening to this, to subscribe. Subscribe to this and you will get new episodes whenever they release. And I tend to just release them on random days. So typically Mondays and sometimes Fridays, hell, even a Saturday. So if you are a subscriber, you will get the notification first. If you are not following us on the social medias, my um, Nash Restaurant Radio is Brandon underscore NRR. And then, of course, we have at Nash Restaurant Radio, we have the Talkin Shift, T-A-L-K-I-N underscore Shift podcast. Follow us all. Brandon's Book Club. Love you. Join Brandon's Book Club. But now let's get started in with Jordan Williams. All right, so we are super excited today to welcome in Jordan Williams. And Jordan is the CEO of WEC Nashville and the founder of Neat Mixology. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, Jordan. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to have you on. People may be listening going, who is Jordan Williams? Or they may know you. Your mom may be listening. Everybody <laughs> might be listening. I don't know. But I want to give our listeners a little bit of background because – you contacted me and said, hey, man, I love your show. Um, I'd love to advertise with you, essentially. And I said, uh, okay, I'd like to learn more about your company and kind of talk to you about it. So we met at Marable. And after 10 minutes of listening to you and what you're doing and just kind of conversation, not only did I want you to advertise, um, I signed up. And I'm now a customer as an Versus doing just a, a morning, like a beginning of a show, an on-brand, which we will do, I wanted to get your story out to my listeners immediately. So can you give us like the 90-second elevator speech as to what it is that you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, my mother probably is listening first and foremost, so I need to be careful. Um, mm-hmm. But we, we founded WEC uh, earlier this year, and we do a lot of different things. One of that is Neat Mixology, and that's where... Um, you know, you and I talked about it, Mayor Bulls, but that is a service of beverage directors, I like to call it, that comes into your restaurant or bar establishment that serves alcohol. And we dive, uh, deep dive into the P&L, the data side of things in the background. We put together a beverage program for you that makes sense, customized to each of our clients. All that's based on the data, on trends that are going on in the area. We also manage your inventory. Um, we do the ordering with the distributors on a, on a weekly basis. Um, we look at big things, things that are coming in, things that um, are maybe going out, deals that make sense for you guys. Um, train your staff when we when new things are on the menu to make sure there's not a bottle behind the bar that someone's like, what is that? Why is it there? I, I didn't even know it um, was in the restaurant today. And make sure you're firing on all cylinders uh, behind the bar to make all the money you can. And God forbid we go into another pandemic and you're really tightened up um, going into that. Um, why we do this is to create more time for the bar managers, for the restaurant owners that don't have enough time. We all know how valuable staff is right now, how limited staff is right now. If we can take a few hats off of these uh, managers' head and wear a couple of those for them to be an assistant um, to those guys to function the, the restaurant a little more easier uh, um, on a daily basis, and that's why we're here. Wow. Okay, so that that's that's amazing because – I had this idea, so funny, I had this idea two months ago that bar managers, service managers, you have these different managers with titles and they immediately gravitate towards that thing, right? So if you if you have a bar manager, they immediately walk in and they wanna change the house wines and they wanna change all the things and make their own cocktails and they're doing the inventory. 
and I, I just want to take care of the guest. My number one goal is just focus on the guest, focus on the guest. And I feel like when you have a bar manager, there's an inordinate amount of time that they spend on the bar when we could typically pivot a little bit and spend more time working with the guest. And so I heard this and I went, oh, well, this is amazing. So you're going to do inventory for me. You're going to create drink menus because you're going to be all over town working with me. You're going to create drink menus. You're going to do an analysis of my inventory and my P&L and tell me where things are priced appropriately and not. And, um, and then you're going to do the orders for me, which is kind of out of control that you're able to do all of these things, which frees up my bar manager to really focus on staff education and creating plans and training and teaching my staff how to sell, teaching them the different varietals and wine and really digging into the guest experience. Exactly. Um, and that's, I think you hit the nail on the head. The most important person in each restaurant and bar is the guests. Um, and how do you make that experience better? You spend a little more time with them. Um, and I think with what we're doing, like I said, you hit the nail on the head right there. So I want to tease everybody with that right there. So we've teased everybody. There you go. That's what he does. Now I'd like to go back and identify what makes you uniquely qualified for this position. All right. Where are you from? I'm from Northern Indiana originally. Um, grew up my entire life in a farm community, if you will. Was not a farmer, um, but I grew up in that area and went to college. Uh, was an athlete. Played played baseball in college. Um, got out in 2009, which we all know the re the recession was awesome to deal with then. Um, had a degree that didn't mean anything in 2009. I was sitting uh, in interviews next to guys with 35 years experience, willing to work for the same amount I was because nobody had a job and it was, it was difficult times for everybody. Um, and I found myself, I got a phone call from a good friend. Uh, I grew up in the hospitality industry, so know it well, but didn't want to go into it at that time. Got a call from a good friend of mine said, Hey, we're hiring. I know you're looking for a job. Um, I know you don't want to work in a restaurant, but we're hiring. <laughs> so <laughs> I went down and uh, interview with them and took a job. And six months later, I was uh, their bar manager. I started to learn an inventory at that point and instantly fell in love uh, with the industry overall. Actually, had a it was at a chain restaurant, funny enough, but had a regular come in almost every day that I worked in the bar. And he started teaching me wine because I didn't know anything about wine. Uh, started teaching me wine, different AVAs and varietals, and just talking about all the differences and all these things in new world, old world. And it just really opened up my mind to that there's a lot more to just drinking alcohol than um, you know I had really thought at that time being 21 years old. And it, it really brought out a passion in me in this industry. Um, and went from there and, and went to a martini club, went to high-end uh, sports bars and kind of did, worked every aspect of every kind of bar you can think of. Uh, moved to Nashville in 2014, so about seven years ago uh, at this point. Worked for um, the largest hotel, uh, one of the largest in the world, Opryland here. Everybody's pretty familiar. Um, did that for a little bit, got my feet wet in Nashville, learned the area, made a lot of good connections. Um, at that point, that's when I really dove into my career side. I was really started to take off. Was there was there one person? So when you when you said at that point, most people have somebody in their lives that inspires them or that challenges them to a point to where something clicks and they go, "Oh, I was on this this pirate ship. A bunch of people were getting drunk after work, telling stories to, hey, I can make this a career." Usually, somebody makes that happen for you. How did that happen for you? Um, you know, that's a really good question. I think that 
it was that moment when I got out of college, I went into restaurants and I was behind a bar for the first time and really, really kind of understood what it was uh, like the educational piece of it. And, and literally growing up in restaurants my entire life, my mother ran hotels uh, growing up. So I, I was literally raised in the industry. Um, I knew it well. And it was one of those things that I never I was around it so much as a child um, that you almost didn't I didn't want to go into it just because of that. And then as soon as I got into it, it felt natural, it felt like I was at home. Um, and I think that was when it all kind of came to head that this is what I want to do. Um, and I moved to Nashville with that that reasoning that I want to open up restaurants at that time. That was my goal. Um, wanted to wanted to work uh, in the beverage industry as a beverage director for uh, a restaurant group and Nashville was the place I wanted to do it. Um, and that's why I, I made the jump to move to Nashville, uh, you know, back in 2014. Okay. You also made another comment that I'm going to jump back. You said that when I started doing inventory, I kind of fell in love with it. Yeah. I wanted to ask <laughs> about that too. Inventory is like the bane of my existence. It's I'm I'm kind of a numbers guy. Um, so when when I get the chance to to do things like inventory and really look at data, um, like the the nerdy side of me comes out a little bit more too. Um, you know, it was I was 22 at that time. Uh, just kind of started working in the bar and voluntarily opted to do inventory for the restaurant uh, for the alcohol side because I wanted to learn it. Literally, yeah, I wasn't even paid to be there. It was my day off. I came in with the bar manager and helped uh, measure out bottles and kegs and input things into the system to do the ordering and just kind of got a, a an analytical viewpoint of what it looked like to really run a bar at that point. And that's when it just things started to align and it just I like it. I don't know how to how to explain it more than that. I just kind of like doing it. You you nailed on something that's one of my key traits that I like to hire for and I call it insatiable curiosity is that nothing is work to me if i don't know how to do it it's not oh i have to learn how to do that it's i want to learn how to do that i'm yeah. curious about anything i don't know how to do because as i do it i'm gonna just constantly be gaining knowledge so you have that insatiable curiosity of just yeah that's something new i can learn by doing is that how you learn by doing um, most of the time by doing, yeah, um, you can read so much, you can look up so many things and so much of it re is retained. But I think by getting your hands dirty a little bit, it, it you seem to learn a little easier. And at least in my case, um, I know my wife always gets a, a little annoyed. We'll be talking about something and I have to look up the answer. Like I want to know what it is. It could be something like how many people were in downtown Nashville on 4th of July. Um, you know, that it was like that conversation happens like, well, did we break 400,000? I don't know. Well, let's look it up real quick. Um, it's never uh, just a, a faded conversation for me. I like to always have the facts. Cool. So I have a few questions about neat mixology. Yeah. So how did you see bring it on? Cause I feel like this is going to make sense. <laughs> bring it on. I, I don't know if I want to admit this, but I'm pretty sure I have seen the movie. No, that's great. Listen, everybody <laughs> loves that movie. It is very much a classic. Um, okay. So do you remember the scene where the girls are doing like their opening number and then they realize that like another team is doing their opening number. So sure. like they'd hired this guy and he'd gone around and give every team the same. So how do you learn the restaurant in order to make, a list for them that like makes sense for their clientele and their vibe and all of that. Absolutely. Um, so the first thing I like to do is have a one-on-one -on -one consultation. 
Um, I like to talk to whoever the owner is, the bar manager is, get a, get a real finger on the pulse of what's going on inside the restaurant. Um, what, what good things are happening, what bad things are happening, everything in between. Um, I really want to feel like I'm a part of their team um, in, in a 30 to 40 minute conversation. I know that's a little quick, but we, we like to walk through and really dive into things that we want to see in the future and all that. Um, with that being said, now I've kind of got an idea of where their head's at and what they want to see, what they want to do. Then I go back and look at the data for the previous six months. Um, I know it's a little bit skewed coming out of a pandemic, but it does give me a good idea of what's going on, what mm -hmm. trends are, are moving up, what trends are kind of fading out. Um, we also look at trends around the area um, of that particular restaurant. So it's completely customized. Um, I, I really like to, to nip in the bud to everybody who um, feels like almost when we talk that it's this cookie cutter menu, we're just trying to sell to everybody. And that's absolutely not the case. Um, I don't think that, you know, Maribools and some of our other clients, um, you know, like 404 Bar and Grill down in uh, Nolensville area, that those menus obviously wouldn't be the same. They wouldn't be the same pricing. They would look very differently. Um, so we like to make sure that we've got a good grasp of what you want out of this program, out of a menu, and that we're reflecting that in what we do. So no, that's, uh, I, and it's not something that you're taking over. See, when I first talked about, we'll jump into this with Neat Mixology. When I first started talking to you about it, I thought it was really versatile because one, me, where I have a full restaurant that's, you know, seats 300 people and I have a bar manager who does a fantastic job, I don't need to replace him. I like to get him, you know, his priorities to move a little bit if you're able to take care of some of the mundane busy work, so to speak, when it comes to inventory and, you know, some of the ordering and drink menu type stuff. Um, but you're also really, really, really helpful to smaller restaurants that can't afford to have a full bar manager. If you're a restaurant that has a GM and a service manager and that's really it. And those guys are both tag team and all do inventory this week. You do it next week. Hey, who's going to create a drink menu? I don't know. I mean, we're all <laughs> tapped right now for every single thing. Um, this is a really neat opportunity for smaller restaurants to bring on. I don't want to say how much it costs, but guys, I mean, unless you want to, um, but this is, and it's, it's incredibly affordable. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I will say how much it costs because I, I want everybody to kind of have a feeling of where we're at. Um, first and foremost, to preface this, we do have what we call a founding 55. Um, they're the first 55 members that kick off Nashville for us. We do them in every city that we launch. Um, these are kind of the, the guys that really get our feet wet in the, in the area, really get us kicked off. Um, and we, we have them start out at $500 a month, which is kind of absurd, I think, for how much we offer. Mm -hmm. um, I know there's companies out there that do pieces of what we do that are uh, roughly that same price. Um, so I know I know our value is definitely there. Once we hit that 55, prices will reflect a little bit more of what the market value is um, to that. So if you are interested, please jump on the first 55. We're about halfway there right now, um, kicking off about 30 days ago. So we're moving quickly. Um, but to, to touch on what you said, Brandon, a minute ago, is you know the, the biggest thing is to get satisfaction. If we can come in and be an assistant to you and your bar manager, um, you know, you're going to get value out of that. We're doing, um, you know, the inventory and working on cocktail menus with your bar manager or beverage director. And it frees them up to do other things that um, are day to day tasks that need to get done and need to be focused on. And, um, you know, not take away from that. Let them run that a little bit easier and better at the end of the day. And with places that don't have a beverage director or a, a bar manager or someone with 15, 20 years of experience. 
um, it's hard to, to really narrow in and, and know what to do in certain areas and how to look at things the right way. And that's where we come in again to just be an assistant. Um, we offer a lot of uh, execution to kill pain points for a lot of different people. Everybody looks at them a, d- a little different way. Uh, I know with Mayor Bulls, like Brandon kind of said, it's uh, definitely that time for you doing the inventory, working on the cocktail menu, freeing up his managers to teach and be with the guests a little bit more f- to create that experience. I've got guys that that just need help, <laughs> short staffed and don't have time to do the inventory and do the order and do a menu and train the staff on what's going on and know what to charge for things that come in or know of new things that are coming in the market that they should be um, that should be in their their establishment. You know, one of the things I hear all the time is, well, this is the way we've been doing it for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of things have changed in 20 years. Um, you know, I'm sure that works to an extent, but there's a lot of things that uh, new products out there that ri- battle old products that make sense for pricing. Um, a lot of ways to look at things that can really make it more affordable uh, and more profitable for everybody at the end of the day. Yeah, that is probably my least favorite phrase of like, oh, well, this has worked for forever. I mean, Brandon has heard me like go on about that forever. But I will say like my husband and I bought a restaurant during the pandemic and then with a partner and then also got pregnant with twins. So I fully understand (laughs) the idea of like doing something new during the pandemic. How was that for your wife? And then you have a young kid as well, right? Yeah. So how was that to like start a business during all of that? Um, it's been intense and crazy and fun. Um, it just, you know, prioritizing your time is the biggest thing. Um, you know, I've got a wonderful staff that works with me that takes a lot of that weight off my shoulders on a day-to-day basis, which is wonderful. Uh, my wife has been very supportive, uh, to this point. So everything's going in the right direction. Um, so she knows I'm just trying to fulfill my dream and my passion to, um, to do what I, I want to do and, um, be able to help some guys that, uh, you know, quite frankly, might not be able to um, to help themselves by buying a bar, a bar manager or beverage director at $6,000 a year um, is frankly unheard of. Um, obviously, we all know that. Um, so she's a very, very supportive of everything. That's at the math. Per hour, yeah. Yeah, I did the math. I was like, at, at 160, <laughs> 40 hours a week at the full-time rate, $500 a month is $3.12 an hour to pay somebody to do all of that. that yeah, which is what, you know, a little bit more than a server, uh, maybe a bartender makes per hour and you're getting uh, a full team of, you know, beverage directors. We've got over 55 years of experience on our team. Um, this isn't our first day doing this. So um, like I said, our goal is to help, help the guys who might not be able to help themselves um, to this level. What are the biggest challenges that you face on a day-to-day basis? Um, I'm gonna count 55 restaurants. How many people do you have working for you? And Jordan's going to answer that question right after a quick word from our sponsors. Hey guys, we all know staffing is tough right now. And as a small business, it's hard to bring on staff if you can't offer insurance. This is where Complete Health Partners comes in for a fraction of the price of major medical. Offer your staff teledoctor and local urgent care facilities at no cost to them. X-rays, stitches, drug tests, common cold and flu tests, and now they even have a mobile vaccine unit. They're actually looking for businesses to partner with to offer the vaccine at your location. So check them out at completehealthpartners.com or visit them at www.nashvillerestaurantradio.com. Click the Sponsors tab, click on the Complete Health Partners, or if you want to learn more, email them at completecare 
at completehealthpartners.com. We know you have a lot on your plate right now, but with Spot On, you're no longer on your own. Work with their team and use a browser-based web portal to set up front-of-house policies, monitor operations, and staffing assignments with complete customer analytics, all with a local, dedicated representative that's with 24-7 support. POS system, third-party delivery, integration, they kind of have everything you need. So build the system that works best for you by contacting Steve Colson at 615-480-6282 or go to nashvillerestaurantradio.com and click the Sponsor tab. Click on the Spot On tab for a special offer just for Nashville Restaurant Radio listeners. Okay, so here's the thing. It's impossible to find a linen company who you can trust, who you like, who uh, you'd recommend. And if you're a restaurant right now and you're looking for that company, you're unhappy with who you're currently using, and you want to start sourcing out but you're waiting for recommendations, right now is your lucky day. Cytex is a third-generation, family-owned and operated linen, mats, and uniform company. They really are the good guys in the linen business. They're transparent with their pricing, they have incredible quality, and their service is second to none. Check them out at Cytex-Corp.com or give Ross Chandler a call at 270-823-2468. What are the biggest challenges that you face on a day-to-day basis? And I'm going to count 55 restaurants. How many people do you have working for you? So we've got seven guys right now who work for me. Um, and that's, you know, the way the way things are done now, we've got software, we've got automations that help streamline what we do. Um, we just know how to use them very well. And we have a hand on, hands-on approach to that. So it's not, um, you know, Brandon, I'm not, or Jen, I'm not going to sell you some software and then say, here's how it's going to help you. Now learn to use it and learn to maximize the use out of it. Um, and that, that, that's very hard to do. So we, we've got software that helps with P&Ls, with ordering, with inventory and all these things. And we use it ourselves. We've got a rep that comes by weekly um, to do those things for you guys um, and, and just make it, make it a little easier uh, for, for everyone um, in that way. But some of the challenges that we face right now are really kind of explaining what we do. Um, you know, I think that it's for somebody who, who really has been in the industry for a long time and really knows it is like, OK, cool. I see what you do. It makes sense. The price is there. Awesome. There's a lot of people who, Jen, like you, have, have purchased or acquired establishments over the, uh, the pandemic that maybe didn't think they would ever be in this industry. Um, we've got a client now that she's uh, the managing partner of a, a restaurant here in town. And uh, she's like, I don't know anything about the restaurant industry. I need help please. Um, I, I don't know what it is. And it's it's really getting our services across at this price point. Some people are a little leery, like, how are you only charging that much? Is it is it real? It's absolutely real. Um, and just kind of, you know, really explaining what we do that makes sense to these guys um, and really come across that way. So I think that's probably our biggest pain point right now is just spreading the word of what we do. You talk a lot about like helping the little guy, it sounds like. And like, yeah. where does that come from in you? Like, what is that? Small town, Indiana, I guess. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we come from a land of little guys uh, as mm-hmm. far as uh, that goes. And, uh, you know, my passion is to, to I've, I've worked for the little guys. I've helped the little guys my entire life. Um, I think that the big corporate guys 
have have enough. <laughs> they've, they've got a big enough market share right now um, that it's easy for them to come in and just throw a bunch of money at a problem. and It seems to be solved for them. Um, and they're able to do that. And I watch friends of mine who went through this pandemic and barely made it alive. Um, and it's it's one of these things that I just really want to help the guys that are, are really fighting um, day to day to to make it who aren't making millions of dollars a year who just do this because they love what they do. And we just want to help them get by a little bit easier. So with every business, you need basically three things. If you're an entrepreneur, you need three things, right? Uh, you need to be, you need to be able to solve a problem. You need lots of cash and you, or you, you got to be willing to take risks. You got to at least have two of those things, right? Yeah. So what of the, what were you doing right before you started this and how long has WEC Nashville been, been going on? Have you been working in restaurants, starting a business on the side? And then like, how did that transition happen? And kind of tell some of that story. Yeah. So um, when I moved here in 2014, I was in restaurants, had an opportunity to, to go into a restaurant group. Um, and that's when I really dove into the beverage creation side of things from scratch. Um, really deep dove into everything took their numbers and skyrocketed them, which was awesome. That's when I got uh, that first big success piece here in Nashville. Um, took that, became a partner of a restaurant group, GM beverage director over them, ran that for a couple years, decided that's not what I moved down here to do to open restaurants and be a part of a restaurant group wasn't the end for me. That wasn't it. Um, so I, I, I took out of there and, and decided I wanted to learn the other side of the, the, the other shoe on the foot, right? I wanted to learn distribution and supply. So I went into one of the biggest distrib uh, distributors here in Nashville, worked for them for two years, number one sales rep, um, learned a lot on how distribution worked at that time. Who are you with? Um, Ajax Turner. Okay. Yep. Um, so worked for them for a couple of years and really got to learn the back end of things, how the distribution world really operated. I only saw it from a restaurant uh, perspective and I'm telling you, it was way different when I got, got in the door. Um, it was, it was, crazy in a good way, but a lot of things I would never have known, um, which I use now in the way I look at things, but I never would have known it if I didn't do it. And took that and then had an opportunity to launch a, a whiskey company um, during the pandemic. And we did, uh, what was it? 4,000 six packs. Um, so 2009 liter cases in five months of inception over four states. And I led the, na the nation sales team um and driving that that launch and that's when um everything kind of came to a head and this idea really stirred up and it's like this is it this is this is finally what i think we're here to do my passion is to do is i love the beverage industry i love the knowledge side of it i love to help people with their beverage industry every bar i go into i, I try to like just kind of help the bartender out as much as i can right um, and i realized that traveling around the country for a whiskey company with a small child and a wife was more difficult than starting my own company. Um, so that's when I took, you know, all the savings I had and walked to the edge of the cliff and jumped off uh, with, the, with faith in myself and faith in um, the guys that I had on my team. And, and here we are today with this concept that we think is, is going to kind of revolutionize um, the way the bars kind of do business on a regular basis. Yeah. I think it's a very cool concept. Um, and it's, it's super interesting. I know initially when like Brandon was telling me about it, I I was um, the bar manager for Marable while I was pregnant. And so I was like eight months pregnant with twins 
doing inventory. And I was like, this is like my personal hell. Like I would, I couldn't bend. I couldn't stand on anything. And I guess one of the, so I would have loved to have somebody come in and do inventory and all of that. Um, and I had help, but it was, it was rough. Um, so I guess like, how do you, I, cause I researched a few of the restaurants you worked at, like obviously a few of them are like really big names. Right. And yeah. I think we know a couple of the same people actually. We probably um, do. I've, I've learned that Nashville as large as it's getting the, the hospitality circle seems to get smaller and smaller every year. Yeah, it really, right. really, really does. Um, and I moved here just a year before you. And so I, when we moved here, it was very like, it wasn't the city that it is. You know, I have, I used to have a skyline necklace and that I lost it, but it looks nothing <laughs> like that anymore. Um, the city's growth over the last, I would say like five to six years has really, really become something that I don't think any of us could have envisioned. So I know when I moved here, it was truly on a whim. Like it was like, I'm just going to go to Nashville. I, I had no like rhyme or reason for that. Um, and obviously fell in love with it. So with you, when, what was your, like, I, I don't think you could have foreseen what had happened in the food industry specifically here. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, again, back in, in 2012, 2013, um, uh, myself and one of my partners here had this idea from Indiana that we we're going to go somewhere in the country. We wanted to open restaurants. He's a back house guy. I'm a front of house guy. Mm -hmm. It, it made sense. Um, we worked very well together and we started doing research. Um, and there's no joke in, in Fort Wayne, Indiana in 2013, we started doing research. We're going to move here in 15 was the goal. And we're like, where do we go? So we started scouring the internet and looking at all these, these things. And we narrowed it down at that point to Austin, Texas and Nashville, Tennessee. Always. That's always <laughs> right. Yeah, too. We thought that those would be the ones that kind of had the best growth in the industry we wanted to be in um, with just a lot of ways we looked at it. Um, and the deciding factor was, well, Nashville was six hours away from home and Texas was like 26 hours away from home. Um, and I'd driven through Nashville a couple of times. I've been visiting the city since two, 2007. Um, so I was familiar with it. And I absolutely love Nashville anyway. Um, so I kind of persuaded him that Nashville was probably the better option of the two at that point. Um, and he had lived in Texas and wanted, kind of wanted to go to Austin. Um, so we landed on Nashville. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the, the reasoning behind it. Um, just a little bit of research and it was closer to home. <laughs> yeah. So how do you combat, like, I know when you're talking about like the inventory and the ordering and all of that, like Maribel specifically is a little weird because it's, it's a restaurant, but it is also an event venue. Mm -hmm. um, so are you able to, when you look at like the past six months, purchases, orders, stuff like that, are you able to do this for event venues as well? Or are you really wanting it to be restaurant specific or are you good with, you know, what world do you feel comfortable in? Yeah, um, we can do event venues. Um, you know, I think it's it's the way it's structured is geared more towards restaurant and bars. And I, I don't want to cut out any venues, obviously, if it's something we can help with. Um, but if you've got, you know, if you've got a venue coming to a wedding or whatever it is that's got 150 guests and you kind of have an idea of what they're going to want in that, I mean, it's we can help with that. I would feel guilty charging somebody even $500 a month to tell them what to order. Um, or do that order for them because it's it's very simple to do that. I think um, so. I would I would as far as who our clientele really is, I would stick towards restaurant and bars. But if there are any venues that need help, I'm happy to happy to assist and how to look at that for sure. Yeah. 
Jen, keep asking questions. I'm looking for a really cool video I want to show them. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you worked for the chef and I. I did. Right? So that my friend Cody does the um, marketing for the chef and I. Okay. And she doesn't actually live here anymore. She like moved to Florida. Um, <laughs> but um, but I think what I think I is very cool about you and and right now Nashville got a lot of transplants, right? Like we, for some reason during the pandemic specifically, like had a huge influx uh, from people from California and New York, I think because those cities were the most, those cities, those states were the most shut down. Um, so people were like, oh, well, let's go to Nashville. Yeah. Um, but I think what Nashville, what sets Nashville apart is right before the pandemic hit, we had the tornado and the tornado was so just so devastating in so many capacities, but what was so incredible and I, I wasn't here in 2010 and, and Brandon, I know you were um, when the flood happened is everybody just wanted to help. You know, it was just, how can I be there for my neighbor? And I like that that really does seem to be your heart in this of like, I just want to help the Nashville community. I just want to like Nashville seems to have this, this spirit of like, let's lift each other up and then we all rise which is beautiful. And I feel like you don't get that in a lot of cities. And so I, I know transplants get like a bad name, but I'm a transplant too. So are you? So I just think it's cool to like have, to know that a lot of the transplants coming here do have that, that spirit behind them instead of just, I want to be in a cool city that's famous for like bachelorettes and country music, you know? <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. agree. And I think, you know, for me anyway, it's from being from a small town in Indiana, mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of how we were raised, I guess, um, to, to think that way. Um, and I like to think that we got here a little before all mm -hmm. the rest of the transplants. So we're yeah. kind of like locals now. I feel uh, that way too, but I think people would like chastise us for that. <laughs> well, you know, I'm sorry. I think it's really cool is, I've had so many people on this show that are transplants that have moved from other places. And I've had so many chefs who are Nashvillians. I've lived here for 33 years, right? So I've grown up with, like me and Jeff Pennington from Pennington's Distillery, yep. used to live four houses down the street from each other. You know, we used to like TP each other's houses when we were like 15, you know, like we are, like, it's, it's, it's growing up throughout the whole thing. But I think that as Nashvillians, kind of our responsibility as people in this hospitality industry is to set the example and be kind and welcoming to everybody that comes in from out of town. It's when we start feeling like we're like, why are you people moving here? You're carpetbaggers. And this whole idea where we start having an attitude towards people moving in that those people are going to start having an attitude back at us. But when we are welcoming and we want to invite people into our restaurants and let me, let me put my arms around you and welcome to Nashville. We're excited that you're here. As long as we continue that um, kind of that mindset as we go along, the people that come here are going to go, Oh my gosh, this is way cooler than where I came from. <laughs> people are so nice. They're just open arms, welcoming us into their community. And I think that's what makes Nashville great and I think that's what makes our hospitality community in Nashville great is that I think we have a responsibility for the longtime people to welcome everybody in with open arms and it sounds like both of you got that experience. Okay, but I have to back up. What the hell is a carpet bagger? <laughs> you know <what> a <laughs> No, I've never heard that before. A carpet bagger is somebody who goes from city to city and <laughs> takes everything they possibly can who just comes in, "Oh, Nashville's the hot city. I'm going to come there. I'm going to capitalize on their busyness." And then when when I'm when I've used it out, then we go to the next city. Then we go to the next city. Carpetbagger somebody who comes in and just I, I think I'm right with that. 
I'm going to Google this as you talk because I, I still fail to see like where the carpet part comes in. You're so funny. Yeah. You, check it out. <laughs> I've, got, I've got no comment. I have no idea. So. <laughs> All right. Well, she's going to find out what a carpet bagger is. Uh, what else do you do at WEC Nashville? We've talked about the bar, the neat mixology piece, yeah. but what else uh, do you offer? Um, so that's our primary focus, obviously. Um, that's our passion project for sure. What we really want to want to focus on on a day to day. Um, organically, though, we have a couple different other arms of our company. Um, Capone's Hospitality Group is is one of them um, that we're developing some restaurants who work with some real estate developers around town. Uh, guys who who do mixed use buildings who have always kind of wanted to be in the restaurant industry, but don't know how to do it, don't know what they're getting into, don't really know how to build it out, who to hire, like all this kind of thing. So we help consult with those guys, help put together restaurants for them, um, give them a little bit of ease in how to do this, um, help them staff things the appropriate way, um, help run their bar, obviously, um, put chefs in place that make sense for those guys and, and set them up for success. Um, I love one thing about Nashville talking about people coming here all the time is it's definitely elevated and forcing competition in this industry and, and food and beverage. And I love to see it. Um, and it, it's just kind of fun to, to be around all that. Um, also, the third arm of what we do is called 100 Proof Beverage Company. And this is a 100% organic uh, piece of our company that after I did was in distribution and um, launched a, a whiskey company that I've had people approach me saying, hey, would you mind helping kind of guide me in what to do? And, the, and I'm launching I'm launching a whiskey. I'm launching a vodka. Um, I'm local to Nashville. I've got Nashville and, and Tennessee kind of covered, but I don't really know how to how to move forward through the next steps. Um, how to get in contact with new states, what to do really after this part of it, right? You, you, if you create a vodka um, here in Nashville, organically, you want to be in Nashville and the surrounding area. That's a pretty easy conversation to have. Um, so I've got a lot of friends who I've made over the years that have launched spirit companies or non-alcoholic companies. And I help them just kind of naturally, organically uh, and strategically plan their um, their moves regionally to take them from a local Nashville company to statewide to regional um, distribution, help them kind of connect some dots and make sure they're looking at their numbers the right way, setting up FOB pricing, um, doing tiered uh, discounts and incentives for different distributors, um, and then just help them connect them to the right people. That makes sense. And see, I love all of that. And think that what you just said and all these acronyms that we continue to use, right? And people like FOB, what does that mean? That's freight on board, but there's a there's a ton of little things that you learn being in a distributor and working for these liquor companies that is different from being inside the restaurant. And that's one of the things that I I can't stress enough to restaurant owners when it comes to negotiation and really understanding the full industry. Somebody like yourself can come in and help them, can help them because you know the lingo on both sides. So many restaurateurs know the one side of being inside the restaurant but once you have that knowledge of working for a distributor and all of the, the things that go into being in a distributor, I think that your ability to negotiate as a restaurateur expands exponentially. So somebody like yourself or even myself coming in, I mean, myself on the food side of things, coming in and, and speaking that language in layman's terms to a restaurateur translates really well. And I think that's a need that a lot of people don't necessarily know is there. 
And I think that you've kind of capitalized on that. You're trying to help people understand that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and to take that one step further, further too, Brandon, is that looking at the supplier side of things, um, you know, I'll use just a, a base example here, but, you know, a national chain, somebody that may have 2,500 locations across the country, you know, like 30 locations in Nashville, sells a lot of wings, um, has when they hit certain numbers with a particular supplier, they can then go to that supplier and almost negotiate better pricing, um, which obviously in the state of Tennessee, uh, you know, we know that whatever pricing is offered to one person has to be offered to everybody. Um, but they do it on such ridiculous sized deals that nobody else can afford to buy it. So they're strong arming their way into the lowest price in the city by going to, let's say, you know, Tito's just as an example. And they sold a thousand cases of Tito's last year and they go in and say, hey, listen, we're going to start buying our, our Tito's deals at 100 case drops every time but you're going to knock off $3 per bottle for that deal. And you're going to run it on these months. And Tito goes, okay, cool. Cause you're going to keep selling my stuff. And then every little guy then goes, well, how the hell am I supposed to compete with that? Cause I can't buy a hundred cases at a time. I can't afford it. I don't want to store it. Um, so us going in as a collective, almost as if we're, you know, a national chain that has a bunch of locations in one area, you know, we, we've got 50, 60, 70 locations in Nashville and we walk into the distributor or the supplier and say, hey, listen, here's what we're doing with our guys. Here's the kind of price that we'd like to see and here's how we'd like to see it structured. Um, we can start to strong arm those those deals a little bit better um, to give the smaller guy again just a fighting chance against the big guys um, to be able to compete and make make their margins on things. So you just opened up a door to something that's really interesting that I was thinking about when you're creating drink menus for people and you're helping them do that. Is that what you're talking about? Is that how you have the ability to have that negotiating power? Um, a little or bit based on what people are ordering. A little, yeah, it, it, it's based on what people order, right? It's how much, how much pull through, how much sell, uh, selling you do um, per establishment. And then under our portfolio and our client list, how many across the board of that? Um, some of that obviously plays into cocktails and pieces like that. Um, you know, we all know the, the Buffalo trace deals that, that go on. Um, you know, you gotta sell so much of their vodka to get the whiskey and all this stuff. So looking at things in a strategic way, um, is also helpful across the board, especially if you're trying to get some of the allocated things and hit those numbers that aren't hittable unless you've got high volume, high, high volume, or uh, a ton of locations, um, to try to help, help kind of, uh, alleviate some of those pains, right? Um, you know, everybody wants a bottle of Weller Blanton's at the end of the day. Um, it seems like those are the big fads right now, obviously last few years, and they seem to be harder and harder to come by every year. Um, so just kind of helping those guys and not guaranteeing anything, obviously, because we can't control at the end of the day what the distributor really gets and how those are, are put together. But we have a fighting chance at that point. We are going to take one more quick break to hear from our sponsors. When talking about what chefs want, really the question is, how do they do it? No fees, no fuel charges, no surcharges, never. This allows you to order as much or as little as you need, as often as you need. Seven day delivery, access products every day, trimming your waste, increasing your valuable shelf life and allowing you fresher product. 24 seven customer support. Call, text, chat, email, anytime from anywhere. Uh, they take a team approach to serving you at 800-600-8510 or whatchefswant.com. 
They have a very they have very diverse product lines. So their chefs have access to thousands of items across many different categories that allow them to receive fresh products daily. This type of flexibility helps chefs with the ability to offer and test new menu items with ease. They have hundreds of trucks on the road every day to reach their vast market. Their focus is tight urban areas where groups of restaurants and chefs are located. Additionally, they have trucks from coast to coast bringing products to farms and artisans across the globe. You can order through your phone app or online. They truly are what chefs want. Check them out at whatchefswant.com. Supersource is the answer to your dish machine and chemical needs in your restaurant. They've got zero minimums and zero contracts, so they have to earn your business every single week. Zero minimums. Zero. They're not going to make you sign a five-year contract, even if you lease the dish machine from them. It's amazing. Jason Ellis is a hard-working man, and he is here to help save you money, increase the cleanliness of your dishes, and provide the best service in Nashville. So check them out. Go to our website at NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com. Click the Sponsors tab. Find the link for Supersource, and if you sign up there, you will get three free months of dish machine rentals right now. You can also check them out at Supersource.com, or you can call Jason Ellis directly at 770-337-1143. What do you foresee happening right now? I know, but because of the pandemic, like sourcing has been really difficult because obviously like as much as it, I mean, the pandemic hit every single industry in various ways. Right. So like with food, there were suddenly no deals with schools, no deals with like lunches, things like that. And so they had a surplus of stuff with like Cisco and creation gardens and stuff like that. And then when you look at the liquor and beer side of it, it was a similar issue, right? Like I remember when we first reopened at Maribel and I started ordering certain liquors that I would order were coming in like different sized handles. Cause they were like, Hey, we had to market to liquor stores versus to restaurants. So we had to package differently and stuff like that. And then, you know, wine too is like a whole other thing because nobody was farming grapes. Like the grapes weren't getting done the same way. So how do you foresee like those? Do you think these are going to be years long issues that we're going to be dealing with the repercussions of, or do you think this is going to be fixed short? Like what do you foresee in that world? Um, so I'm a big, a big supporter and advocate of, again, obviously the small guys, right. But the sure. craft distilleries, the craft uh, um, uh, vineyards, um, craft breweries. And I think this is their time that they're going to get the opportunity to really step in and fill some of these roles. Uh, you know, I think that some of the larger companies that aren't able to fulfill or focus on a certain area, uh, maybe it's off premise, maybe it's big box, whatever it may be, that these little guys now are going to get more of a chance um, to come in and replace. I know a lot of things that have been hard to get. Um, there are there are adequate and very good um, substitutes out there that exist in, in every category. Um, you just not, you may not know what they are. They may not be the the name brand, you know, Chanel purse or whatever, um, but it's a hell of a knockoff and you would never know the difference. Um, sure. So do you think that. it's like, how do you train the guests though? Right? Like Kendall Jackson. I mean, we can't like Kendall Jackson is one of those that everyone loves and, or like Tito's even like, I want a Tito's vodka. Like, Tito's and soda. Got it. You know, like, how do you train the guest then to, Hey, I know you love Tito's. Do you, do you personally feel, cause I feel like everyone has a different answer for this. Do you tell them about the issue? Cause 
I personally, I'm like, they don't need to know how the sausage is made. Let me just show them something else and see if they like it. But I know a lot of people are like, no, I'll tell you the whole story of sourcing. And so you can understand, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you teach the guest? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, it's, it's us working with the bar staff. I think the bar staff is going to do um, kind of however they, they feel is best with their guests. Um, I think I like to kind of tell the story a little bit personally. Um, I, I do agree that you don't need to know how the sausage is made. If you like it, it's fine. But at the same time, um, to just make them aware that there are shortages in areas and, you know, everything, as we all know right now with import and excise taking longer um, at the borders that that's causing issues as well. Um, not only just not farming grapes for, for wine, but there's a lot of a lot of reasons to why things aren't the way they used to be. And that's OK. And that there are there are other brands that can replace those brands, um, substitute in, step in for them for a while um, that are, are adequate. I think, you know, if you're a Tito's fan, there's plenty of other vodkas that um, are corn based and gluten free um, that will be just fine to, to have with your soda or your cranberry juice. It'll be OK. Um, but just kind of explaining that and then offering a, a, an adequate substitute um, that's going to be just a, just as similar uh, for what they're used to drinking that most people will probably be OK with that. I think that people are starting to understand it at the end of the and uh, excuse me, the end of the day, they're still getting their alcohol, so they, mm -hmm. they should be happy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Jordan, let's let's give some plugs here. How do people get a hold of you if they would like to contact you to learn more about WEC Nashville as well as Neat Mixology? Absolutely. Um, any social media outlet that exists, we are on. Um, we've got one of our guys handles that uh, 100% and that's awesome. Um, it's at Neat Mixology or at WEC Nashville. Either one goes uh, goes straight to us, obviously. Um, send you a message. Send us a message, contact us on there, um, wecnashville.com. Uh, we've got a contact form. We've got a bunch of pages on our website that really explain all the avenues uh, that we work in and really how that how that goes. Um, you know, shoot me an email, jordan at wecnashville.com um, goes directly to my inbox. So um, if you want to talk to me personally, that would be the, the quickest and easiest way. All right. So we've got you on the screen right there. At WEC Nashville, at Neat Mixology, WECNashville.com, or Jordan at WECNashville.com to email you. Lots of ways to get a hold of this. If you are out there right now and you need somebody to come in and help you with your bar for a be part of the founding 55, he's halfway there. You're getting close to lock you in. So the founding 55 at the end of the, it's a one year contract you ask for, right? One year contract at the $500 a month price point. Uh, we do offer 10% if you pay and pay that in full. So it saves you a couple bucks at the end of the day there um, with the founding 55. And these are the only guys who will be grandfathered into that price point for one more uh, contract signing after the 12 months. At that point, we'll be offering a one, three and five year contract extension. So theoretically, if you like what we do the first year, you can have us for six years at $500 a month. Wow. It's a pretty good deal. I think yeah. that's a fantastic deal. And um, let's let's go through some uh, I, I couple quick questions for you, just like to get to know you. What's your favorite restaurant in Nashville? Oh, that's hard. Um, I, I like so many. Um, I, it's the I hardest question to ask anybody. <laughs> I know, and and um, I love. I saw you know you had Nick Pellegrino on recently. Um, I I'm, I love Nick. I love Manjas. Um, 
a, a ton. We play bocce with Nick over there, and I love their Friday and Saturday night um, dinners are out of control. Awesome dinners, yeah. Um, but I've, I think that overall, um, I love Fifth and Taylor. My wife and I like to go there quite a bit. Um, He's gonna say city house. Not, <laughs> I, I was actually, I was actually going to say um, probably Ernest Bar and Hideaway. Wow. Um, okay. Cool. Yeah, they're good friends of mine. Um, I've been there uh, since day one with them, and I think that. You know, I always have a great time there. I always have great service there. Um, the drinks are always phenomenal, which is usually what I look at first in a, in a restaurant. Um, but the food really steps up and and follows suit with that. And um, their steak and their Korean fried chicken is to die for. Um, so I'm that's I'm going to lock that answer in for 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 sure. But there are a ton of restaurants that I do love to go to. That's for sure. All right. So Jen made a reference to a movie earlier. Uh, what movie was it, Jen? Bring it on. Have you seen it? No, I have not I seen it. I hate you. I'm not going to see it. Bring it on. Okay. What is your favorite movie of all time, Jordan? I want to know. Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy? Uh, yeah. I had this discussion last night with my wife. Um, Tommy Boy, hands down. Yeah. I, I'm the fat guy in a little <laughs> Right. Chris Farley just has a... He just has a direct line to my funny bone, man. I, I don't know what it is, but that movie just ever since I was younger just gets me. I don't know. It, it doesn't so much hurt here or here, but like, right. Is there a mark? I don't know. You're fine. A fantastic movie. Jen, what's your favorite movie? I don't know. I think my husband, I would say Big Fish, but I feel like my husband would say something different and he's always right. Like whenever I'm like, oh, this is my favorite. He's like, no, it's not. Like, this is your favorite. And I'm like, oh, that's right. That is my favorite. <laughs> but I think Big Fish is up there. I like love a good story. I don't think I've seen Big Fish either. Okay. I, I saw it when it came out, but it, it's been a long time. I, but I remember being pretty good. No, I lied. I know what he would say. He would say A League of Their Own, which like if you guys – Oh my God. That is like an, I will stop whatever if it's on TV or whatever, like I'll stop whatever I'm doing and just watch that. It's so good. All right. Favorite band. What's your favorite band, Jordan? Um, this one's just a no brainer for me. Um, I heard this song, uh, song and, and I believe it was 92. I lived in Florida on a ranch. The song came on the radio. I sang it at my wedding. Don't ask that story. That's a whole nother, uh, whole nother trail. We'll go down at a different time. Um, but Garth Brooks, is hands down my favorite artist. Um, I do have tickets to go see him in a, a few weeks. So I am really excited. It'll be like my seventh time seeing him. So um, yeah, not no doubt, no question that it's Garth Brooks. Which song did you sing at your wedding? Uh, my wife's going to kill me. Um, it's the only one I knew. So I got, so I'll, I'll give you the, the short version of the story. As I kind of got pushed on stage um, with our band um, at our wedding, which was not planned at all. She still thinks I staged this whole thing. Right. <laughs> um, and they, and, and one of the lead singers said, Hey, what song do you want to sing? You're the groom. What, what do you want to sing? Like sing with us. Oh. No, 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 no. I don't, <laughs> I don't sing. I'm vocally challenged. Like it's, it's terrible. Right. Um, so the they convinced, the they convinced me to sing at the wedding. And then I realized very quickly what I'd got myself into that. I'm not an artist. Um, and I don't know songs without the teleprompter telling me what the words are. Mm. So the only song I know by heart is the thunder rolls by Garth Brooks. 
So I sang a song about uh, a husband that cheats on his wife and then <laughs> he murders him um, at my wedding. And my wife was not necessarily the happiest with me, but it's the only song I knew. And so that's my defense. <laughs> so this is a true story. I used to work at a catering company um, in Florida. I'm from Florida. And the bride and groom walked into this song and we all thought it was a joke, but it wasn't me. <laughs> like, how do you walk into your wedding with that? And like me and all the shaggy? rest. Shaggy? Yes. Like, wasn't me? Yes. And me and all the other caterers are like, is that? Is it a joke? Like, is this real? And it was so real. Like, that was truly their, like, entrance song. And I'm like, what are they trying to say? I have no idea if they're still married. But I, I would like to think not, I think. I don't think I really <laughs> <laughs> I would like to think not. Yeah, like that's not a couple. I would like, you're going to make it. I'm going to root for you. Like that wasn't. <laughs> that wasn't it. Immediately like wishing these people that they fail. <laughs> Their song selection is terrible. I hope they ruin your lives. I mean, unless it was like they were trolling us, but then that, like they should have picked Rick Roll. You know, like I just feel like that was an odd choice. So. You, know, you say Rick Rolled and, and just a real quick comment on that is. I, I have a six-year-old son, and when we watch movies that are funny now, right? They, they make kids' movies that are actually funny, um, cartoons. Okay. And how many times I've been rickrolled in cartoons is ridiculous. <laughs> I, want you to know that. I love it. What's your favorite kid movie that you've watched recently? Oh, man. That's a really hard question. We don't watch a ton of movies. Um, we just watched Luca the other night. Oh, was okay, that good? We haven't seen fantastic. that yet. We haven't Brand seen new. that. Yet. It's fantastic. Um, the most recent one we watched, and that was that was fun, is he loves the Lion King. The re, the revert make of the Lion King was awesome. Um, but we just we watched the Incredibles and the Incredibles two uh, most recently. So that'd probably be my answer, right? Um, I love That's Zootopia for what it's worth. The came out like five years ago. Zootopia, yeah. but um, yeah. Car Cars was it for me for a long time. The, yeah. the original Cars movie, I thought was so well done. There's so it's so funny. There's so many little adult yeah pieces in there that kids won't pick up on. I don't know, just good stuff. Well, Jordan, can't thank you enough for joining us today. Can't thank you enough for what you do and what you're doing for me and my company. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. I can't wait to work with you. Um, in both capacities. And one thing that we do every episode is we like to give our guest the final word. So you get to take us out today, whatever you want to say to the city of Nashville, whoever's listening, as long as you want to talk, whatever you want to say, uh, take us out. All right. Well, thank you first and foremost for having me on the show today. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, we are here to help the little guys help you with whatever it is. And we're getting through this this pandemic where I think we're almost towards the end of it. Obviously, Nashville's open back up um, and it's growing like crazy. So everyone in the industry, keep your head up. There's jobs everywhere. Um, we'll get through this and life will get back to normal. And uh, yeah, have a have a have a drink in a, in a good week. That's all I can all I can really say at this point. Have a drink and a good week. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you, Jordan. And we will uh, we'll be catching up with you very soon on some on brands at the beginning of our show. And uh, keep us posted as to any new cool innovations that you've got going on. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Brandon. Appreciate it, thank guys. You. Thanks, man. All right.
So that was a lot of fun talking to Jordan. Thanks, Jen, for, for joining me on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Jordan's great. He's super nice. Uh, I hope that you out there enjoyed listening. We look forward to seeing you this Sunday night for Brandon's Book Club. And then Sunday night also, where we do a little bit of talk and shift. Um, Jen? Thanks, you guys. Keep lifting each other up out there. And I hope that you are being safe. Love you guys. Bye.